Hello and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. I'm Sam. And I'm Stevie. And the score stands at 2625 to Digimon and this time we're watching episode 52, Padmon's Last Jest and The Ultimate Test. first episode we're watching is The Ultimate Test. Todd, who's surprisingly still here, tells Ash and Co about a test that they can take to enter the Pokemon League without needing all eight gym badges. Ash and Team Rocket, who are clearly in disguise, enter the test and fail the first few stages miserably. But in the third stage, they have to battle using Pokemon that aren't their own. After James is disqualified for sending out a Pikachu, Charizard, and Ivysaur all at once, Ash loses his best of three using a Weezing, Arbok, and Meowth. Jesse and James try to get revenge using the trainer's Pokemon, but they're sent blasting off by an explosion from the trainer's wheezing. So, everyone fails the exam, and Ash and Co. leave Todd behind for realsies, I think. Yeah, so Todd's with them. Unfortunately, he's still around. It starts with the gang just eating some food, and Todd is just still there. Like, why is he there? Why can't he have just left? Nope, he's still about for a little bit. We should explain. We worked out how we ended up getting completely different names for the character. Basically, the TV version and the DVD version have different names for the character. So even though we both watched the English versions, we've got different English versions. It's completely arbitrary and they've done it for some reason, but in one set they call him Snap and then the other one they call him Todd. So they basically had to record new lines of the same lines again, which I don't get. Was it really worth it? I don't know. Maybe Todd's going to be turning up a lot. I'm thinking that maybe his name was like, first it was Snap when they started recording the episodes and then they realised later on that he might be more of a permanent fixture so they couldn't call him Snap all the time. So they were like, let's retcon that and call him Todd Snap. So his name's now Todd. I'm pretty sure this is a tie-in to the Pokemon Snap games because that's who you play as. You play as Todd Snap. So I feel like his last name's Snap as a reference to Pokemon Snap. So I'm pretty sure that's why he's around a bit longer than everybody else. It's all like, guys, remember this? Remember this person? He's in here now. Yeah, go and buy the game, kids. So he's just part of the anime, basically, because all the characters are just, go buy the games. Yeah, he's just there because now he's there, yeah. So the narrator starts off by saying it all begins with an innocent question from Misty. And when Misty's talking, instead of having just them drawing, like animating a close-up picture of Misty, they've basically taken one of the images of her talking and just zoomed in and you can see all like the ink lines and stuff. It's a bit weird. But Misty basically calls out Ash for not getting a badge in ages. And I'm just like, finally. Misty's great in this. She just really takes a make out of Ash for being awful. Ash, I've noticed you've not got a badge in so long. I mean, did you want to go and do that again? And then she says something along the lines of, you should go and make another gym leader feel sorry for him. And I'm like, oh my God, Misty, <laughs> I need to hug you right now. You're the best. Even she's annoyed with the fact that they've just been faffing around for 20 episodes. Yeah, this is brutal and out of nowhere, but it's like harsh truths from Misty, which is completely understandable because... They have just been faffing around for so long. So Ash starts choking on his food because the thought of him being called out on it is apparently so terrifying. And then Ash tells her that he wins with skill, but he doesn't. 
He really doesn't. He's got over half of his badges from just being given them through sympathy. And the other ones, he's kind of won in weird ways. And then Misty says, how hard is it to defeat Team Rocket? Because obviously they're the number one people he battles all the time. And it's usually just Pikachu uses Thunderbolt. But I like how cuts to Team Rocket, wherever they are, and then it's like, what? They just get a sixth sense that they're being sassed. It's great. They're the best thing in this episode, by the way, Team Rocket. They're the best thing in most episodes. They are, we've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. I think Team Rocket are the better people in this show. They're absolutely hilarious. They do really good stuff, and it's funny. So, Todd, who is still hanging around, brings up this Pokemon League exam that they can take. Not yet, not yet. Ash challenges Misty to a battle first. Pikachu again is just like, uh, I don't want to fight Misty. Yeah, and then he's there, like, kneeling, holding a Pokeball, looking all cool. And then Todd starts taking photos and like, no, no, like, why is he with them? He doesn't even go here. And that's when Todd tells them about this Pokemon League admissions exam. So they can see just how skilled Ash really is. Yeah, it's a place you can go to to just do an exam to get into the Pokemon League. And then it cuts and there they are. I'm like, what, was it just like around the corner or has it been like three months or something? They didn't travel there. They were just talking about it and now they're there. Things only ever come up when they are within the vicinity. Things wait for them to arrive in order to happen. It's almost like the Truman Show, where they're all just waiting for Ash to appear on set before they start doing their things. So this exam basically gives you a badge that lets you into the Pokemon League. So it begs the question, why do the gym battles? Why spend months travelling to different cities to battle gym leaders? Because it's a really hard exam. (laughs) Is it though? Yeah, it has like trick questions and things. But also there was that school where you went for years and got like two badges worth of qualifications. It's interesting for them to have things that can also qualify as badges. It's like a point system almost that you've got to get a certain amount of points to get into the Pokemon League. And I do like the fact that there are these things you can do. I feel like this one's overkill though. Why doesn't Ash just go here and take this exam? I mean, he could be here for about a year learning all this stuff and just keep coming back until he finishes it. It'd be so much quicker than let's wander around and fast. Because that makes for a really boring TV show. True, but imagine like the exam. You can either go to this library and take the exam online, or you can travel all around the UK and go to different corners and get each page of the exam and fill it out there. It just seems so arbitrary. Like, I'm pretty sure if he stayed here and learnt for eight, nine months, he would have already passed the exam and he would have actually learnt something as well. What's the point in giving us this essentially fast ticket There's no cooldown as well. Literally at the end of the episode, the guy says to Ash, oh, do you want to take the exam again? And then Ash's like, no, you can qualify for the Pokemon League in an afternoon. Come on, you can do this. I feel like if this was a place where you can go and earn maybe three badges worth of stuff and Ash is like, oh, I only need two more badges. I can go do this exam and then I could get into the Pokemon League. That's more believable. Not you can come here for an afternoon, answer like 20 questions and then get into the Pokemon League. So that bothers me that the fact that this place even exists and it's filler. Like if this was plot relevant in any way, I couldn't understand. But because this is filler, you can take this out. It gives us a shortcut to getting to the goal that we need, like Ash's quest. And instead of doing the shortcut, he's gone, nah, I'm going to do something else. I don't think Ash would ever manage to pass this exam because he's an idiot. Yes, he is. He uses electric Pokemon against ground types frequently. Yeah, no, he does that. But it works for him and no one else. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because he can use a sprinkler system or something. I think this is a way of entry that requires more Pokemon knowledge than Pokemon battling experience. So Ash is taking the Pokemon battle route rather than the 
I'm going to read lots of textbooks about Pokemon Root. Yeah, I suppose. But then again, he is an idiot. But that's not what this episode is about. This isn't about Ash. It's, it's about Jesse and James. Whilst Ash is getting his badge for registering and stuff, because everyone's got like a number, Jesse's also there filling in a form in disguise. And on her form, she writes, age 17, profession diva. I'm like, Jesse, you're so awesome. Also, she's 17. And considering what they've done at 17 years old, I couldn't have done what they've done at 17. They're doing well to be employed at the age of 17. And then Ash does this thing, like, I think Misty says, wow, look at all the people who have registered. And then Ash is like, I'm better than all of these people. He's not met any of these people, but he's looking down on them already. I'm like, Ash, why are you this walking garbage bag? Oh, he's so cocky. So yeah, in the exam itself, Ash isn't allowed to use his Pokemon, which makes sense. It's an even playing field. So he has to leave them all there. But Misty has Pikachu because Pikachu's not allowed to be taken away because it's the mascot. So yay, Pikachu's still around. Pikachu's with Misty. So they meet a nurse join. It's the one from Future City. And apparently she's here because she wants to take the exam. And she's like, oh, I just really want to give it a try and become a Pokemon master. I'm like, you can't just be like, oh, I just want to give it a go. Why not? I don't see why she can't do that if she doesn't want to be a nurse anymore. To be fair, though, if she's a nurse, she knows a lot about Pokemon. Yeah, she's more qualified than most people. More qualified than Ash. Ash isn't qualified to be anything. Oh, and James is there. Yeah, James wanders in in disguise as well. Jesse notices him, and this is one of the best bits, is she drags him away and takes off her glasses, and James is like, oh, it's Jesse. Like, he didn't recognise her because it's the Team Rocket thing. Like, he fell for their Team Rocket disguise of just some glasses. I know, it's great. Like, Team Rocket could probably just be wearing a paper hat, and they're like, who is this person? They just take off the hat. (gasps) It's Team Rocket. They could white out the leg of the R and just have a P on their chest, and it's like, what team's that? The white bit falls off. (gasps) It's Team Rocket. They could have a, a, a badge on their shirt that says, not Team Rocket, and Ash would be like, I thought you were Team Rocket, but that little name tag there says you're not Team Rocket. So you're not Team Rocket, I get it. But yeah, Team Rocket have both entered separately, so they both snuck off at the same time. They both want to be Pokemon Masters, and also not work with Meowth today. Jessie says she wants to add this to her resume, and at the moment, on a resume she's got, hostess, florist, costume designer, wine expert, beautician, and style consultant. I'm like, you're 17, how have you done all this stuff? That's pretty cool. This is probably all just stuff that they've done as part of those schemes. This explains why they're good at costumes and they're good at playing characters. It's like she can use her costume designing and her style consultancy and her beautician stuff, like if they're dressing up as someone. And then Hoster, she's got personal skills, like interpersonal skills that are quite good. She's really good. She's so much better than Ash, whose current resume has. Has weird cheek lines. Also got given badges. Weird cheek lines. Got little zigzags. I used to think it was dirt, and he's just got dirt on his face for the entire time. No, his resume just consists of protagonist. Just protag. Can't spell the full word in brackets. <laughs> so they're talking between each other, and then Meowth is there in the middle of them. And he's really suspicious of them, because apparently Jessie was going to see her sick grandfather, and James had a dental appointment. So they both lied to get into this exam, so they wanted to do it, but they didn't want to tell anybody, because I feel like... For me, if Jesse had said to James, oh, I'm going to go into the exam, immediately, James and Meowth would have both been on the sidelines supporting her, and maybe she didn't want to do that to let them down, like, in case she failed, which I think is really sweet. Or there's the fact that, oh, I just want to go and do this thing, and I can surprise them with the fact we got into the Pokemon League later. But they both went and did that, and I thought that's pretty sweet. Or they're expected to work 9 to 5 and just need an excuse to not do that also they chose to come here ash just wandered here on a whim because of todd oh todd that's why he's in this episode he's literally there just to go 
That's the next thing, by the way. You can go do that. And I was like, I'll do that now. I will do the exam and win it because I'm better than everybody here. Ah, uh, Ash is garbage. Don't like him. So they distract Meowth with a ball of yarn, then run away because they have to go and do the stuff. And then it's time for the exams. I quite liked the, this exam portion that comes up because the questions are fun. Bit of audience participation in there. The first one is, Lickitung's tongue is twice as long as its body. True or false? I think that's false. I'm pretty sure it's true. I've currently got none right. Vulpix evolves with a firestone. True. Yeah, it's true. Hitmonlee is known as the punching demon. False. I'm pretty sure even Hitmonchan isn't called the punching demon. The only move Magikarp can learn is splash. That's false. It can learn tackle. Yeah. I like this little little moment because when Magikarp's mentioned in the questions, James gets really mad at the name. He's just like, Magikarp. <laughs> James still has a Gyarados out there somewhere. I would love for the Gyarados to come back into in a later season. It'd be hilarious. Caterpie is the smallest Pokemon. This is Gen 1. True. False. The smallest Pokemon in Gen 1 is Diglett. It's 0.08 in. But I guess smallest, it depends how you measure it. And then the smallest one altogether is Joltik. Ah, I thought it might be. Okay, so I think I got three out of five right so far. What do you think the biggest Pokemon is? Because I've got the answer in front of me. Waylord. Yes. Also, the last one is coughing was first discovered in a public bathhouse. I'm gonna say false. Surely it was discovered in a gas chamber. Oh my god, that's so dark. But was that last question true or false? It was supposedly first discovered in a public bathhouse. However, in the trading card game, it states that it was first discovered in a weapons factory. So those are the exam questions. And while Ash is answering all these, he's saying his answers out loud like an idiot. I prefer what Jesse's doing though, and Jesse's just there. True. True. That's true. True. This is also true. Just nonchalantly not caring. She's like, if I just guess right for everything, I'll get half the questions right. <laughs> Jesse, that's not how it works. Don't do this. I think they must give everyone different questions. Because all three of them get 0% on this test. And some of those were true. Well, she got zero because she quit, so hers was disqualified. But yeah, I think Ash not knowing this stuff is bad, because he's literally encountered most of these Pokemon. Exam number two is all about knowing what Pokemon look like, which is a bit weird, but okay. The first question is, uh, it's a silhouette of a ball. What is it? What Pokemon is this? And they've photoshopped the answers onto people's screens. Ash has Voltorb. James has a Pokeball for some reason, which is not a Pokemon, James. But it's cute all the same. Jesse has uh, an Electrode. I would have guessed Voltorb or Electrode. But it's apparently Jigglypuff has seen it from above. But that doesn't count for the hair or the ears or the feet or the, the arms that Jigglypuff has. It doesn't become a perfect sphere from the top. It does, so it squashes itself. Yeah, but that's not really an answer, is it? It clearly doesn't care <laughs> in this exam. Do I need to know what a Jigglypuff looks like from above? How many people have seen a Jigglypuff from above? Lots of people, because Jigglypuff isn't that tall. The second question is kind of better, though. It's just a spiral, and everyone's guessing Poliwhirl and stuff. But the answer is Poliwag, because when it evolves, the shape of the swirl changes direction, which is kind of cool. And I actually got that one right. The third question, it's just a flame. Who's that Pokemon? It's at this point that Jesse gets mad and just shouts and then leaves because she just can't answer the questions. Because they're dumb questions, apparently. They are kind of dumb. It's a really fun stage, though. I preferred this to the first stage of the exam. So then for some reason, even though it's it's been these two, they haven't had the third exam yet. They have the scores up for everybody to look at. Nurse Joy's on top, obviously, because she, she knows Pokemon because she looks after them all the time. And Ash and James, like, there's a separate screen further away, which has just got those two with the lowest scores. I'm like, that's so brutal. I mean... Do you really have to do that and shame them? I mean, Ash deserves it. 
but James doesn't. But to be fair, Ash hasn't learned anything, clearly. He's been asked questions about Pokemon he's seen. He should know this stuff. Then Misty sasses again, saying, I guess he didn't pass the ultimate test. I'm like, yes, Misty. She's just becoming so done with him. And then we get exams three, which is the battles, where they get to use rental Pokemon. They basically borrow the main trainer's Pokemon and have to battle against them with them. And they can't tell which Pokemon they are. They're just random belts of Pokemon, which is a crazy coincidence because James goes first. And he uses Pikachu, and everyone's all shocked. And James laughs because he knows all of Pikachu's moves because they've been defeated by Pikachu so many times. I'm like, oh, that's kind of sad. But very funny. But then he fails against Graveler because, like, the guy sent out Graveler, come on. It's a ground and rock type. And he, he loses because he uses Thunderbolt against it. But the guy makes a mistake because apparently Graveler's resistant to Pikachu's electric attacks because it's rock type. It's resistant because it's a ground type. It's only Ash's Pikachu that can electrocute ground types. Because special protag rules. And then James sends out his other two Pokemon, which are Charizard and Ivysaur. Which is wrong, because Ash doesn't have an Ivysaur. Yeah, yeah, he's still, like, their starters. Ash has all the starters, so. But he doesn't have an Ivysaur, because Bulbasaur's stubborn. If Ash had done things properly, he would have a Charizard and an Ivysaur by now. But Ash sucks. So James is expelled because he broke the rules. Which he did, it's fair enough. And then I've got a note underneath it, which is, why is Snap still here? I think it's just a general question that can constantly be asked. It's Ash's turn. He's against a Flareon and he sends out a Weezing. Oh, it's so funny because he's using Team Rocket's Pokemon. Ah, oh, this is fun, whimsy fun. I think it's actually fun to see them battle using each other's Pokemon. It's so written in, like, for them to use each other's Pokemon. It's funny, yeah, but it's like, this is such a showy thing. But I like it because Ash is using Weezing and Ash beats it and Team Rocket are just there taking spurious notes. Just, okay, this is how you do this. And it's like, oh, they're taking lessons from Ash. It's kind of fun, even though they're better than Ash. Like, they're better than Ash in every way apart from battling. For some reason, Ash is just good at that. It's just a bad idea to take lessons from Ash. Then he sends out Arbok, and it's against a Jolteon, and he gets it to use its wrap attack against Jolteon, but it's got the little spikes which hurt it, and it ends up losing. And then he sends out Meowth, because, you know, he has to have the entire of Team Rocket's team, which is cool. And he's versus Vaporeon, and Meowth is just on the sidelines calling out to use Fury Swipes and stuff, because... Obviously, Meowth cares about other Meowths. And it gets defeated. It gets frozen pretty much straight away. And Meowth gets mad and scratches Ash for losing. And Team Rocket then reveal themselves as Team Rocket. <gasps> I know, behind that pair of glasses, it was Team Rocket this entire time, even though there's a talking Meowth over there. Would have never guessed. So they decide to use the teacher's Pokemon against them. And Ash is using Team Rocket Pokemon against Team Rocket. So Team Rocket get the Pokemon to start doing attacks. And then the teacher's like, turn around. So they all turn around and use the attacks on Team Rocket. And then they blast off. Because Ash uses Explosion. And the whole stadium's destroyed. So Ash basically sabotages the entire exam. So they're all in the reception hall talking. And a teacher asks Ash if he wants to take the exam again. And Ash is like, uh, no, I'm going to just go and do something else now. Bye. And it's like, well, no, Ash, stay. Come on. This is the quickest route to getting into the Pokemon League. It's right here. You've just got to do three sets of exams. He can do this. No, he can't. <laughs> it's a lot quicker than let's wander about. He scored zero on the first two stages of the exam. He can't pass this exam. It's better than him staying around and just having to watch him fail all over again. I was relieved when he didn't stick around. And then Misty's like, oh, I guess you were a great battler after all. It's like, well, no, he lost because of the battling. And then everyone's just like, we're going now, bye, don't tell Todd, bye. And then Todd's just there. 
at the gate of the exam hall with Nurse Joy, who's also there because apparently some reason. And they're all waving Ash off. And then Todd's there with Meowth because they took the wrong Meowth. This is the talking Meowth funny. I think it is good, though, that they took the wrong Meowth. Because if that carries over to next episode, that'll make for a fun episode. I think it's just one of those things they're going to just drop off at the end for a little joke. I hope not. I want to see an episode of Team Rocket with just a normal Meowth. Meanwhile, talking Meowth's just doing something else. What was your favourite thing? The stages of the exam with the questions, because that was fun to take part in. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I like what we were given in this episode. It's not a boring episode. It's, it does have audience participation, and it just throws some interesting things. It's just the concept of, here's a place you can go to in an afternoon, do the exam, and then you can go into the Pokemon League. It did seem like you could just wander in off the street and then take the exam. Well, anyone could be a Pokemon master. That's what the exam's for testing. My favourite thing was Team Rocket because they give you the best bits in this episode, as they always do. They're just hilarious. They are good. They are good. They're the best bit. Overall thoughts? It was a fun enough filler episode, but it was really meaningless again. Yeah, it's it's filler, and I'm annoyed that it's filler. They had a way of shortening down this season into like five episodes, but they didn't. They gave us 20 episodes of filler. But I do like the exams on the stages and being all like, here are these questions. And I think they changed them in the dub, but I think it was good. You obviously could answer the questions yourself. I like that bit. So of the filler episodes, it's a good one. I still don't like Todd. No, but I think he's gone for good. Hopefully he's gone for good. Hopefully. Let him go on a journey with talking me out. You know who else I just remembered is Jigglypuff. Do you remember how we saw Jigglypuff at the end of one of the episodes? And then it turned up in that one episode and sang like three lines and then left. We haven't seen it again. We saw Jigglypuff from above in this very episode. True, but that's not the Jigglypuff. It could be. Maybe it was behind that screen the whole time. Of the filler we've had at the moment... This one has a concept with the nut which bothers me, but I think this is one of my favourite ones because of, of the exams and stuff. So I like it more than the others, even though the actual concept itself is annoying. The second episode we are watching this time is Piedmon's Last Jest. As the kids engage in their battle with Piedmon, it quickly goes wrong and their strongest fighters are seemingly turned into keychains. It turns into a race for survival as the kids and their partners are slowly picked off by Piedmon. With Kari, TK and Patamon left, TK realises he needs to be the strongest and protect Kari and save the others, unlocking Anjumon's evolution into badass cyberpunk Angelmon. Once the kids are restored, almost also Mimi is here, the kids fight and defeat Piedmon, only to be told by Jedi that he wasn't the true enemy. The big battle's about to start and it's two Megas versus one. And Piedmon is still toying with them. The entire time, he's just making circus puns and like making them jump through hoops and balance on a ball and stuff. And he's full on laughing and joking. So he's just having a good time. This is not a challenge for him. This is what he wants. He enjoys the fun. And is it now when Metal Gurumon uses Metal Wolf Snout? I think so. Is that actually a move? I don't think so. I don't remember it being called that ever. I know that Piedmon uses Trump Sword and then has lots of Illusion Swords. And Metal Garumon says he has sensors, which is kind of good. I'm glad that they've got a Tech Wolf who, who has sensors who can do this thing. So he can sense which swords are real. He can sense which ones are real with his Metal Wolf Snout. Oh yes, Metal Wolf Snout. Or Metal Wolf Legs or Metal Wolf Tail. We get it, you're a Metal Wolf. And at some point it cuts aside to see Jedi and Centaurumon in front of a massive wall of fire. This is after this. At some point in the episode, it just cuts to Jedi and Centaurumon talking about a prophecy in front of a massive wall of fire. 
it doesn't really matter when they cut to it, it's out of the blue. It happens, and it doesn't add anything to the story, it's just there, randomly. Just like, by the way, this is happening, this will matter later. So, the kids are all about to rush in and digivolve and, and fight Pipon, and he holds up a cloth, and they're like, oh, he's surrendering, that's weird, why is he doing that? And he just throws the cloth. This cloth is the bane of everybody's existence, it's never mentioned before, never mentioned again, it's just there, and it's the weirdest thing in this entire series, and it's just there. It's a cloth, and it lands on people, and then they turn into keychains underneath. It's one of Padman's special secret moves. To make keychains? Yes. It's so weird, but, like, I really like it. They need a threat for this kids' show, where the kids are essentially taken out. They can't dismember the kids, or they can't delete the kids, because that would be terrifying for a child to watch. So what they've done is they've found a way of making it so that they're essentially out of action. And I like the idea of them being keychains. I thought it would be pretty cool if they had it so that when he turns them into keychains, he's got like the little V-pets and they're like pixels on the screen. Would be quite good, but that involves a lot of animation. But I still like the idea of these super adorable keychains. The only downside to this episode is we didn't get to see Kari and TK keychains or Patamon keychain. Oh, there's no Pata keychain. Oh, it's so sad that they didn't lose and all become keychains. That'd be a lot of keychains to have on one set of keys, though. Well, he's got them on his belt at the moment. So yeah, Wargreymon and Metal Garurumon have been turned into keychains. And then Matt and Ty get mad and run at Piedmon for some reason. And the cloth gets thrown on them as well. And then they disappear and become keychains. It's like, oh no, everyone is keychains. I like this part of the battle because it's just Piedmon using his high ground to his advantage to just easily take them out of the battle. To just throw sheets over them, that's all he's doing. All that he's doing is compressing them. Oh, actually, that's kind of a cool way of thinking about it. Compressing them into the keychain file format. This is when it cuts to Centormon and Jedi looking at the firewall for some reason. I foretold of this cut five minutes ago in a prophecy. To be fair, that's about as long as we got for every other prophecy in this show. But yeah, that happened. Back to the main story. Now it's Piedmon that it's, he's just chasing the kids to collect them all. So it's become a game of like Pokemon. The kids are just running away and Piedmon's walking after them, just trying to collect all of the little things and have the whole set. Andromon is there and is, decides to fight to delay him. And he's actually holding his own really well. Like it's quite a good little fight that he does. Well, it's a lot of very simple animation that they just loop a lot. I've noticed they do this a lot, which is when someone's trying to hold him off and stall him, and then they all seem to wait and watch. I'm like, just keep going. You don't need to stop and look at them. You know what's going to happen. Yeah, but now this time, Andromon is actually sacrificing himself. Not like the last time, where it was just like, oh, Andromon, why? So they're now at a canyon with trapeze swings. So this is like just one great big game show for Piedmon. He's enjoying it. It's a big circus tent. It's Piedmon's natural habitat. They're all crossing by getting onto this these trapezes and Gatamon's grabbing them and stuff. They have to throw Gomamon because he can't jump, which I thought was really cute. But then in that time, Joe, Izzy and Tentaman are all taken. I quite like the order that they're taken in because Joe is the responsible one. So he's like, I'll be the last one to cross. So it makes sense that he'd be caught. Tentamon, I feel like, could have gone away because he can fly, but he gets taken as well. Well, he's staying close to Izzy. It makes sense because obviously the end result they want is that they want Patamon to be the one that's left. For plot reasons. I thought they did it in a nice way. So this is when we get the cut to Mimi climbing up the thing with her army. Yeah, she was there the whole time. One thing about the trapezing, though, I'm pretty certain you have to be a trained professional to actually do that. Or you can be kids in an anime show. You just get lucky. <laughs> maybe they have digital world skills. Like, maybe this is one of the skills that they get given, is they just all know how to be trapeze artists. Sure. 
You don't know how this this world works. In this world, everyone is a trained trapeze artist. Oh, yes. Back on track. Mimi is climbing a rope. Yeah, even though Lilymon is underneath pushing. And I'm like, just grab her arm and pull her up. You can do that. You've you've done it before. And her army consists mainly of Gekamon and Otamamon. Otamamon are like rookie level. <laughs> They're going to be slaughtered. If there's lo- lots of kids for the enemies to punch, they won't be punching you. So Sora, TK, Kari, Gromamon, Patamon. Garudamon and Gatamon. They're left, so there's seven out of the 16 left, so less than half left. Does Mimi get captured? Oh, no, wait, no, okay, she's she's fine. I never realised before that she's just not involved in this whole thing at all. Yeah, but could you imagine Mimi? I think she'd be in actual tears having a breakdown. <laughs> I've never realised before that she's just not there. Like, I love Mimi, she's one of the best. But I do feel like this would have just broken her, just watching human children being turned into kids' toys. I think she would have just sat there and gone, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. I'm going home. I can't deal with this. Okay. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy she doesn't have to witness all of her friends being turned into toys. She can just carry on with her climbing expedition instead. So everybody's hiding under floorboards. I don't know how they got there, but they're there now. And Piedmont's pretending to not know where they are. And then there's this horrifying scene where he's just stabbing into the floor and they're all scattering around him and it's really like this is terrifying this is like legit terrifying piedmon is really threatening throughout this whole episode and he has no remorse for any of his actions at all feels like a legit threat which is good He's a great villain. Yeah, he really, really is. But yeah, this scene is like legit upsetting. I'm sure I've seen horror movies where this exact thing happens. Unlike every action film ever where they have the scene where there's a guy in a car with the sword going through. It's the same thing, except these are like, not even 10-year-olds. There's one 10-year-old, and then everybody else is like 8-year-old kids, all trying to be stabbed by giant swords. So they're scattering around, and then Andrew Woman and Garudamon just burst out and defend them, which they should, because their children are being stabbed. They're like, go, run away whilst we defend you, and they don't. They're stood there watching. You One thing to do is to run away, but you're not doing it, and then they get defeated. So then they're like in another area of Piedmon's castle mansion place. And Sora's asking TK to take Kari while she delays him. And I'm like, this is such a good moment for Sora. She knows what's going to happen to her if she stays. She hasn't got a partner to defend her, but she's still going to stay and hold Piedmon back as long as possible. She's showing so much courage right now. Essentially accepting that she's going to be turned into a keychain. Essentially this version of dying. She has to protect her kids. They're younger than her. She's got no choice. She's the mom character. <laughs> I don't even think it's that. I think it's these are younger kids. I've got to look after them. Like, I don't think she really wants to see the younger kids be turned into keychains or be stabbed. It's been quite a lot in this last arc where it's been Sora, TK and Kari because she's the mom character. Yeah, I try and see her not like that. But sadly, that's all she is. So Gomamon also wants to stay, but Sora keeps telling him to leave and no one's actually running away or going anywhere. And it's like, no, come on, time is a very important factor right now. But then suddenly Piedmon. Gomamon jumps at him and grabs the Mac keychain. He throws it at Sora. He throws it at TK. And then Sora gets taken. Right, that's kind of a bad trade-off. I mean, we've not really done anything. In fact, we've lost another member. But this is a great moment just because of what Gomamon does. Yeah, like he faces off against Omega who will be able to wipe him out in one hit. There's no questioning about it. He could probably just glare at him angrily and he'd die. But then he gets stepped on. And Kari and TK run away now, and they're, like, on a balcony. Gomamon gets taken as well and gets turned to a keychain. They find a basket. It's just a random basket, and you know it's been put there on purpose by Piedmon. This is all part of his plan. They open the basket, and this rope comes flying out, and they start to climb. Digi-world witness. 
I feel like he's specifically taken the ones that can fly as soon as possible and the kids that can help them evolve so that when they get to the balcony, they can't just fly away. Problem with your theory is that both Angemon and Angemon could fly. But he's got Angemon. Still Angemon, though. I don't think he expected Patamon to evolve because obviously that hasn't happened in a long time and... Also, it's a champion level. I feel like think that he's strong enough to defeat a champion. Well, he's a champion with the strength of an ultimate. I mean, he has evolved now. This is the first evolution sequence we've got in the episode. And we're like quite far into it, which is quite good. Then Anjuman gets blasted and then it's falling down because he is essentially still a champion level. He falls down to the ground very quickly. And I took note of this because it matters later. So Piedmon is now climbing the rope and cuts it. He cuts above them so they can't climb up further. And then he cuts below them so that it falls off with them on it. So they're now falling. And then TK has this long internal monologue, which lasts about a minute as they're falling. It's a lot longer than Anjumon fell for. But he like gets out the Matt keychain and is looking at the Matt keychain, thinking about what Matt would say. It's so long. It's not that long a drop. Yeah, it's a long fall, apparently. Maybe they just haven't reached terminal velocity yet. But terminal velocity doesn't take that long. You don't know in the digital world. It seems to be very much the same as Earth. It's supposed to be like a parallel world, so it's basically the same size as Earth. They should have fallen and died long before TK finished his monologue. I mean, it took Anjumon like three seconds to fall that far. TK's crest activates, and then we get Magna Anjaman, who is, like, the best. I agree. He is just the best. This was the best when I was a kid, because I wasn't expecting it. Because, if you think about it, the stuff about the crests was the second thing they did, back with Etamon. They've had so much stuff, and Patamon's only ever got to Anjaman, and... I've forgotten about it. Because of the amount of stuff that was going on, I wasn't really focusing, going, oh, Andromon's left, he can still evolve. I didn't think about that. And then you would just get this evolution, and it's this cyberpunk laser sword angel thing, and it's so cool. Although in the background music, when he's evolving, it says warp digivolve. It's like, but Magna Andromon controls the warp. But Hey Digimon starts playing, and it's like, uh, you're detracting from the scene. I wish they'd replaced Hey Digimon with something else. Hey Digimon, stop playing Hey Digimon. That was bad. Yes, it was. But he catches the kids and slices Piedmon's cloth. I think he gets a trump sword thrown at him and then he slashes them away or something and then he says, uh, guess my sword trumps yours. And it's like, ah, Andromon's got bad puns. Magna Andromon has. Fine. But in that fell swoop, he also gets all the keychains and uses Magna Antidote, which is an ability. Heals all the kids and Digimon, so everybody's all fine now. Yay! It would have been quite good to have this as a two-parter episode. So, like, it ends with them all apart from TK, Kari, and Sora, or maybe just TK and Kari being keychains, because it, I would have liked the tension of that being dragged out a little bit more. Why would you want it to be dragged out? Because it would have been fun. No, it wouldn't. There was no need for a cliffhanger. They do one, though. It's a bad cliffhanger, but they do do it. But Mimi, who has been running away from Piedmon the whole time as well... Wait, 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 wait. We've got Piedmon suddenly appearing with, like, an army of Vilemon. And then Mimi's just like, Hey guys, I'm here now. I hope everybody's fine and not traumatised for life. She was there the whole time. And then we have what could have been a big fight, but it's only like two minutes long with a few hits and then lots of evolution sequences. And then we get Gate of Destiny and everybody gets sucked in and Pyamon gets thrown in by the Megas and done. There we go. That's the end. Gate of Destiny is the best move in anything ever. It's cool. It's like a, a portal to another world that people can just get stuffed in. And that, that's technically winning. It just sends them off to some unknown realm. And it's also great in Digimon World 2003. It just one-hit KOs pretty much everything, apart from bosses. 
So you can take on Digimon that are way stronger than you and just kill them with one move. So then the final part of Spiral Mountain disappears, and then we get an email from Jedi who says, The Dark Masters aren't your real enemy. It's like, okay, here we go with another prophecy. There is a new evil. And then the ground shakes, and then we get left at a cliffhanger. The prophecy. What was your favourite thing? Is it the same thing as mine? If it's Piedmon, then yes. Mine's the evolution to Magnet Angemon. Yeah, that's a good moment, but I like Piedmon. Piedmon throughout the whole episode. He's my monster of the week, though, so... He was great. He's such a good villain. He is. Like, he's the one who's given us the most threat. Machine Dramon was explosions and stuff, which was kind of cool, but this is, like, personal. He will come and get you specifically. He's after you specifically, will turn you into a keychain and wear you. And he's similar to Puppetmon in that he likes playing games, but it's not because he's got some childlike thing about him. It's just because he's evil. He just enjoys being evil to people. I'm glad he was left for last, because he was definitely the biggest threat. Well, second to last, technically. Well, he's the last Dark Master. Now we have this super final boss bonus mission. DLC. By the season pass. Overall thoughts? I thought it was a great episode, and I'm really happy with it. As a conclusion to the Dark Masters and to Piedmon. And also Patamon finally digivolved to Ultimate. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It wasn't padded out. We had we had two lots of evolutions, but we've had a lot more in episodes. I felt like it had good pacing as well. Like it, it seemed to go on quite well. We did cut to Mimi and stuff as a quick reminder. So she didn't appear out of nowhere. We did have the Jedi bit. It was a bit weird, but okay. I guess it makes sense if they're going to try and set up the next thing. I really liked it, yeah. Now it's time for Monoray Mono, where we talk about the stuff and the thing. What was your monster of the week? Magnarangemon. I've always just really liked Magnarangemon. He's awesome. And he just completely destroys Piedmon. I have to wholeheartedly agree there. Like, Magnarangemon is, like, design-wise, one of the best ones from Adventure. It's pretty cool. It is more Angel, but it's, like, Cyber Angel. It's just, let's take an Angel and make it cool. And he's also purple, and purple's a really good colour. I like purple. He's got the weird helmet. He's got eight wings. Yeah, he's got like eight silver wings. He's also got the little scarf. Angelwoman has like a feathered version. He's got cloth version. And he has a lightsaber, basically, called Excalibur. Yeah, he can make gates to alternate dimensions and push things in. And he can heal basically anything. He's just the best. What was your monster of the week? It's Piedmon because he is legitimately terrifying. I don't get his name, but apart from that, he is great. Pied Piper? But... He is, like, legit terrifying. He's sadistic. He enjoys torturing these kids and tormenting them. He could have killed them, but instead he's going to keep them as a collection. It's like, that's so weird. And then he's picking them off one by one. He had a plan, and it was to get them all, and then... I don't know. I think what it would have done is scattered all of the keychains throughout the continent of server and waited for the next generation of Digidestin to come and find them all. Which one do you think had the best storyline? Digimon. Yeah, more stuff happened. Like, I enjoyed Pokemon... For, to a certain extent, I did like the things that they gave us, like the exam and stuff, but... It was an epic final battle where they spent most of it running away and then had the turnaround point at the end. Similarities? The episode titles rhyme. They do, yeah, yeah. There were clowns in both of them. Was there a clown in Pokemon? Ash is there, isn't he? He's not funny, though. I think, to an extent, you could say that there's tests through different stages. I've written down that we get to see just how far each of the characters has come throughout the series so far. Okay, that's exactly what I mean, but you've written it better. We see that Ash has learned nothing, but that TK is like grown as a person as well. More than just TK, like we see Joe leading the pack, well, sending everyone off ahead because he's being responsible. We've got Sora sacrificing herself. I think this bleeds straight into differences, though. It's almost like it's such a good thing that they had essentially their two powerhouses just wiped out straight away. 
It's really interesting because they could have had a long battle with everybody, but they didn't. They decided let's just remove the two megas and then and then have Matt and Ty just disappear. And then everyone's like, oh no 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 no, just start bolting. In Pokemon, we get Misty just because of a whim. She's like, you haven't got any badges. And then Todd, who is also there from the last episode, being like, go to this place. Then they're just suddenly there. And then it's let's do this exam. Oh, we failed. You could do it again. Nah, I've clearly not learned anything in these 50-something episodes. The way I've put it in my differences is Pokemon is the ultimate test of whether you suck or not. And Digimon is the ultimate test of whether you can survive against a villainous monster that is trying to turn you all into keychains. The stakes are very different. It just seems that Pokemon's kind of plateaued and now it's just this constant monotony of just filler episode. Filler episode, filler episode, filler episode. It's like nothing's going any further. Ash clearly hasn't learned anything, even though he's had these great revelations and things that have happened to him. He hasn't progressed as a person. He's the same person who left Pallet Town. I'm like, come on, just do something good. Just filler. And I'm so annoyed that this is where it peters out, as we've got everything that's going on with, with Digimon. It's so good. And now we've just got Pokemon being all like, eh. Super disappointed. I mean, the best parts of Pokemon right now are whenever it goes hey, you're not doing anything important. And we're just like, yes, we know. The best bits are Team Rocket uh, there being more important than just background characters. The worst episodes so far that I've noticed for me tend to be ones where Team Rocket are just token appearances where they just turn up at a random time and go, yeah, we're Team Rocket now. Like even the filler episode where we focused on James's family, that was a good episode because Ash just wasn't part of that. He was just basically there. <sighs> Pokemon. Why so much filler? So much. Which episode did you enjoy the most? Digimon. Same here, absolutely. It was terrifying at certain points. There were points where I was thinking, oh, this isn't right. I don't enjoy this. It was really good. <laughs> This wasn't, hey Digimon, hey Digimon whimsy. This is, oh, he's trying to stab children. Digimon did good. It did. So that means the score is 27-25 to Digimon. Pokemon now has to try and tie with Digimon, and it's got to have two really good episodes. Yeah, Digimon's guaranteed at least a draw. Join us again next time, where we'll be watching episode 53. The Breeding Centre Secret and Now Apocalymon. It's a Brock episode, isn't it? I don't know. We'll see. Breeding, it's Brock's thing. Do you remember how he has this thing that he's never done in the show? We got a Vulpix. That's not breeding. He raised Togepi's egg, pretty much. He brushed it once. Meowth did the same thing. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, where we're like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the world thread, and email, which are all linked in the show notes. And you can support me on Patreon if you'd like to do that. Thanks for listening. Bubba. Boy. Butterfree. Primeape. Almost Pikachu. at the Truman Show where they're all just waiting for Ash to appear on set before they start doing their things. I just punched my desk by accident. It's fine. I would as well. After (laughs) learning about this stupid exam, I would punch my desk too. 
I would really like it if Misty just left with Pikachu and said, I'll give back Pikachu when you get me a bike. Yes, just holding Pikachu hostage. Okay, here's what we, would be a good show. Misty leaves Ash and Brock, realises that they're both idiots, goes to Team Rocket, and they're like, okay, look, you're really smart, you can do stuff, let's get, let's work together, and let's just do what we gotta do. And they go, and they open up businesses, and they compete in competitions, and they win lots of stuff, and they become really awesome people. What about it, Brock? Brock's awful. Brock's fine. What about, like, in the bit where uh, Nurse Joy is doing her battling? Is she battling? And Todd's taking photos of her, and Brock's like, I want um, all these in, like, glossy print and, and pocket size and everything. And he just wants all these photos of her. It's like, okay, well, you haven't asked her permission, either of you. She's going to take photos of this, this random nurse. Also, like, she's away from her job, but she's still in the nurse uniform. <laughs> That's because it's her entire character is just nurse. Yeah. I think all um, of them are just named Nurse. That is their first names. There's well there's a the um in a later season they mention how Joy's their last name. Yeah, because that makes sense. And then they've all got their own names, but we never know of them because they're not relevant because they're like the nurses. <laughs> Every episode. I'm waiting for the Skype to drop because that's what happened. It's like that meme of uh, Sailor Moon when Tuxedo Mask is like, my job here is done. And then Sailor Moon's like, but you didn't do anything. And then uh, Tuxedo Mask just flies away. <laughs> Ashley's like that. I won. I did the thing. Ashley didn't do anything. I did the thing and leave. That's what he does. He is there. Joltik, Flabebe, Cutifly, Comfy, and Cosmo M are all the smallest at 0.2 meters. Huh. Hmm. And then the smallest after that is Diglett, Natu, Azrael, Budu, Burmy, Chingling, Dedene, Spritzy, Floet, Pinamo, Fungus, Shaman, Landforme, Clefty, Riombi, Wishiwashi, Morlol, Mimikyu, and Cosmog. Okay. That was a long list of Pokemon. <laughs> it was. I didn't expect it to keep going. I started saying it and I couldn't stop. Did you not see any of the news articles about Pokemon Go where they found a coughing inside like a holocaust museum um well that's pokemon go kind of works like location based not that specific location like it's map based um so that could probably happen potentially i mean if you're it around did there. happen people it's playing the, pokemon like, go in the holocaust museum found coughings i don't know what to say it's a bit like um when people say oh the pokemon go have put a squirtle in my shower it's like they haven't it, it uses GPS. They haven't, like, Google mapped everywhere and, like, clicked on like, places and gone, you know what? Let's put a Pikachu in this person's bedroom. It's like, they haven't done that. That's not how it works. I remember all the outrage you'd get from that, though. Like, we're in a graveyard and there's a Squirtle over there. What? This is so disrespectful. It's like, well, no, they haven't clicked on the graves and gone, let's just put them on the graves. It's, it's, they randomly spawn around you. They can also summon an egg once. One time. TK's already done it. Okay. Yeah, he got Patamon egg. Uh, I, I don't know why that's a skill. I don't know. I was, I was trying to be funny and then it linked to something else and I jumped at it and it went horribly wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> my skill is watching my Digimon die <laughs> and crying at it. My skill is to turn into a keychain. <laughs> Look, they're all doing it. It's the new hip thing to do. Now it's time for Mono A Mono, where we talk about the stuff and the thing and our monsters of the week. <laughs> what? You nailed it. I did. I was the best at that. We talk about what the stuff and the things. And the things. <laughs> and the monsters of the week. <laughs> <laughs>